five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
don't have my view. Both of us are on a journey. I am my own star. You are who you are. Yet we're part of one great story. Sense of 
It's like WD-40 on a rusty soul Here's the hope For rain For smiles And peace again There's hope When you haven't got a prayer Thank <laughs> you. 
in the AM, a song uh, entitled 2000. Alpayim, I guess, is the official name of it. That's Mayor Gaffney here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, let's see here. Before that, you had the Avram Rosenblum brand new selection entitled Hope. Yoni Z brand new, We Belong. The Best of Zach done by uh, Ellie Begun. That's brand new. Kikel Poel and Lachado D from Gershon Varoba's remastered Man to Man album. And uh, Yair Rosenberg had Lachado D. That's brand new. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. There's nothing like a Friday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Mark Zamek and the Erev Shabbos show at 10 o'clock. We've got. Uh, We've got the uh, Arab Shabbos, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. We've got the Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. The final hour, which will air about uh, 
3.40 p.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem tomorrow night, Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday, it's Matis and JM Sunday. Lots happening. Thursday, Friday, and weekend programming is um, just amazing, frankly, here at uh, NSN. Uh, candle lighting in New York, 4.38. Actually, we're going we're gonna, to... 4.38? Okay, we'll call it for 4.38. I think it's a drop later, but once we announce the time, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to put any other time in anybody's mind. Four thirty-eight is candlelighting time in this era of Shabbos Parshas Vaera. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh Shvat tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be on Monday. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be on Monday. Tuesday is the Siyum for Meseches Nedarim in Daf Yomi. Mazal Tov to all those who are concluding the Darim, and Hatzlacharaba to all those who are starting uh, Meseches Nazir. On a Wednesday. Um, yeah, so there you have it. So we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be on Monday. And um, we'll call candle lighting for 438 here in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, many of you right now who are listening are traveling after all, it's one of the yeshiva weeks, one of the yeshiva break weeks. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Make sure you have a handle on the schedule regarding candlelighting time on this Friday era of Shabbos. Harry Rothenberg and Rabbi Yudin will speak about Parshas Vaera coming up. We've got um, Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, major American Jewish organizations. He'll be joining us. Here at JM in the AM. Um, trying to think what else. Plenty of music and more, of course. Want to wish the Zamist family a mazel tov. Yesterday I saw our good friend Avram Zamist told me about the brand new baby girl whose birth they are celebrating. We say mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. And in fact, when you... Uh, when you're in the Teaneck area and you walk into um, Rock and Roll Sushi, which is located on uh, Queen Anne Road... Trying to get the exact address here. Make sure to wish a mazel tov to uh, the Zamist family. Yeah. And they had a... Uh, they had a... An unbelievable gesture yesterday of... Uh, Sending to our home a delicious and beautiful sushi platter. So I'm going to say thank you. A big, big thank you to them from all of us here at JM in the AM. It's a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Lots of news. This terrible, terrible tragedy that we heard about overnight. Uh, two gentlemen from the Frum community of Cleveland, Ohio. Members of the uh, Taub and Chaifetz family uh, were killed in this terrible um, small plane accident. In Westchester, our condolences, of course, to the families. I can only imagine 
what the families in the entire Cleveland community are going through right now. From the way it was described, these uh, two gentlemen, pillars of the community, and this tragedy can uh, certainly be a a um, not not only a tragedy, a terrible tragedy and sudden tragedy for the family, but one that will be reverberating throughout the entire Cleveland community and beyond. So again, our condolences and to wake up to such uh, terrible news is is jarring to say the least. And we certainly are thinking of those families and the community of Cleveland that are suffering this morning after this uh, terrible episode. JM and the AM, more coming up on a um, Friday morning era of Shabbos. We will check in with Malcolm Holmline about an hour from now. I believe he is back from Israel. We'll have a chance to talk about his trip and some of the things that uh, have been happening over the last couple of weeks. If you make sure to keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Wake me up, it's time to go. Been down this road before, and I know there's danger up ahead. Recalculate and turn around. I'm heading home, I'm homeward bound. No, I'm not gonna walk that path no more. I know, I know it's not too late. No, my past won't seal my fate. You'll be there with arms wide open. No matter what I've done wrong, no matter how long I've been gone, you'll be there to let me back in. Firo she asino mashuah, umochel v'solach, mochel v'solach, moshit yadon ezav. ונותן ברחמיו את הכוח לתקן ולשוב אליו. שתקתי הדמעות היו מילים אבא לא אמר, רק דיבר במבטים כל כך רציתי להרגיש שאין כמוני רציתי החלומות הם רחוקים, רק כאב נשאר קרוב שרדתי כל רגע, לא ידעתי לאהוב לא ידעתי איך אדם ללא מילים יפרוץ את כל השערים לא ידעתי זכיתי באהבה, זכיתי במשפחה, זכיתי 
לקום עוד בוקר ולשכוח את החושך שהיה זכיתי באהבה, זכיתי במשפחה, זכיתי לראות שיש גם אור לבחור בתוך כל הקשיים שבחיי. ילד משחק בעולם ללא חוקי, אשכח את הכאב שצרב לי בפנים, כל כך כאב לי, והבית ריק, כל כך כאב לי. כל הפריטות ההם חרטו בי את כל הכוחות את אלה שהכרתי ואת אלה שפחות לא הכרתי איך אפשר להאמין שיש רצון ואין מילים לא ידעתי לקום בבוקר ולשכוח את החושך שהיה זכיתי באהבה, זכיתי במשפחה זכיתי לראות שיש גם מור לבחור בתוך כל הקשיים שבחיי כמו שכל גג בניין כמו דג מחוץ לים עליתי על במה נלחמתי בדממה, איך נלחמתי? איך נלחמתי? וכמו בקרב היו פצועים, לב פועם מלא תפרים. בשארית כוחות נאחזתי בחיים, אבל כבשתי. אני יותר לא מפחד, כבשתי! Thank you. 
פעם ועוד פעם היה קל יותר לוותר. היו ימים יפים, זה נכנס וזה יוצא.
ונופים למטה, בואו נתפלל אליו, כי הוא שומר עלינו מלמעלה, כי זה לייט שיינן ברייט, שיינן ברייט נגד דיימנט, כי זה סטארט אינסייד, ואיבריטינג גונה בי אורן דון עולם, השם עליו, הוא אחד שמו אחד, הוא יהיה בתפארה, אדון עולם, שם עליו.
JM in the AM with Zusha and Pischuli. Dove Halpern before that with Adon Alam. You heard Hachachma done by uh, the Derech Band. Mati Shikri with Zachiti. Solomon Brothers and Yishai Rebo with My Way Back Home. And Moshe Kunstler with Imesh Gachech. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and com on the Nahumsegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. I want to welcome those who are listening around the world. Whether you are living somewhere outside of New York and New Jersey or vacationing somewhere outside of New York and New Jersey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, good Shabbos to Nahum and the entire NSN family from the Simon family of Riverdale. Thank you, Riverdale, New York. Uh, we actually heard from Yudi in Cleveland. We spoke about Cleveland earlier and the terrible tragedy that um, unfolded last night here in Westchester with the plane crash claiming the lives of two members of the Cleveland community from the Taub and Chaifetz families, and our condolences again. Um, and uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. And comment away. Galit's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Harry Rothenberg and Parshas Ve'era in the 7 o'clock hour. Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, coming up at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. 8.15 for Rabbi Yudin. His words about Parshas Ve'era. We'll wrap things up at 9 o'clock. 10 o'clock for Mark Zamek in the Arab Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Plus the Arab Shabbos music mix in the final hour, all today, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. And um, Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday. Can't beat Matis with JM Sunday. It's amazing. That's Sunday morning at 7 o'clock Eastern time right here at the Nahum Seagull Network. Gali Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from JM Nam. גלי צהל השעה שתיים באולפן יובל גנור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. שוב תקרית אלימה בכבישים, בבת ים, דקר רוכב אופנוע הולך רגל בן 53 ופצע אותו קשה ככל הנראה לאחר ויכוח בין השניים. צוות מגן דוד אדום שהוזעק למקום מצא את הולך הרגל, שוכב על הקרקע, סובל מפציעה חודרת ומתקשה לנשום לאחר שגם רוסס בגז מדמיע. כתבתנו אנה פינס מוסרת כי הפצוע הועבר לבית החולים וולפסון בחולון. כוחות הביטחון החלו לפני זמן קצר לפנות את המאחז שהוקם הלילה סמוך לכפר קוסרה בנפת שכם. כוח משותף של צהל, משמר הגבול והמנהל האזרחי המתין במקום כמה שעות לאישור שר הביטחון, וכעת כאמור החל בפינוי. קודם לכן קרא השר לביטחון לאומי בן גביר לשר הביטחון גלנט שלא לפנות את המאחז הלא חוקי. לטענתו, המנהל האזרחי בשטחים אינו פועל בשוויון, משום שהוא אוכף את החוק רק נגד יהודים, ולא נגד בנייה לא חוקית של ערבים. כתבנו שחר גליק מוסר כי חברת הכנסת לימור סון הר מלך ממפלגת עוצמה יהודית באה למקום כדי לנסות ולמנוע את פינוי המאחז. בעיריית הוד השרון מעריכים שדיירי שלושת הבניינים שפונו אתמול בעקבות זליגת הקרקע יוכלו לשוב היום לבתיהם. העבודות ההנדסיות לעיצוב הקרקע שהחלו אתמול נמשכות בשעות אלו בהזרמת בטון נוסף. בסיום העבודות תינתן חוות דעת של מהנדס ובהתאם לאישורו יהיה אפשר לשוב לדירות. כך מוסרת כתבתנו הדס שטייף. חברת גוגל מתכוונת לפטר כ-12,000 מעובדיה ברחבי העולם, כך מדווחת סוכנות הידיעות רויטרס. סונדר פיצ'י, מנכ"ל אלפאבית, חברת האם של גוגל, כתב לעובדיו כי הוא מקבל עליו אחריות מלאה על מצב החברה. כתבתנו עינב קרנר מוסיפה שלפני כמה ימים הודיעה גם חברת מייקרוסופט כי בכוונתה לפטר יותר מ-10,000 עובדים ברחבי העולם. 
שחקן נבחרת ברזיל בכדורגל, דני אלווס, נעצר בחשד שתקף מינית אישה במועדון לילה בברצלונה לפני כחודש. אלווס נעצר לחקירה בברצלונה בידי המשטרה המקומית. השחקן, בן ה-39, הודה בחקירה כי בילה במועדון בזמן שבו המתלוננת טוענת שהותקפה, אך מכחיש שתקף אותה. בשבוע שעבר אמר בריאיון לטלוויזיה הספרדית, אני לא יודע מי האישה הזאת, לא פגשתי אותה מעולם. תחזית מזג האוויר מחר, בלי שינוי ניכר, למאזיננו שבת שלום, אלה החדשות.
when the whole world will sing just one song.
JM in the AM. Good morning. Friday, Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Parshas by Eira. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be on Monday. Candle lighting in New York at uh, 438. Candle lighting in New York, 438. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Uh, be in touch with us by email, nachum at nachumsegal.com. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. A big shout-out to our friends at uh, Rock and Roll Sushi and Noodle Bar. Excuse me, Rock and Roll Sushi and Noodle Bar, located at 1448 Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey. Delicious sushi platter yesterday, and I thank them very, very much. It was really amazing. Uh, I have members of my family who go nuts about the food there at Rock and Roll Sushi and Noodle Bar. And they yesterday had an opportunity to actually uh, to try some of their delicious fare. Um, Harry Rothenberg in a moment will be joining us here at JM in the AM. And um, and uh, of course, uh, Rabbi Yudin coming up at hour number three. We've got the Malcolm Honeline later on this hour, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Whole bunch of stuff happening here on a Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Uh, Harry Rothenberg has uh, something to say regarding. Parshas Va'era, and we are going to dedicate Harry's words this morning for a complete and speedy refuah shlema to our dear friend, Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Ruchama Chana Etel Bas Chava. Let's keep her in mind all the time, please. And uh, here is Harry Rothenberg on the topic of Parsha's Va'era at JM in the AM. At the very end of last week's Parsha, there's one of the worst catastrophes in Jewish history. God has appeared to Moshe at the burning bush and told him, you man, you're going to go to Egypt, I'm going to take the Jews out of slavery, and you're going to lead them out. And Moshe goes back to Egypt, reunites with his Jewish brethren, proves to them that he is indeed the Savior, shares with them the secret code that God had given to Yaakov, who had passed it down to Yosef, who gave it to his brothers, who gave it to the rest of the Jewish people. So he is the person, and he's got the perfect resume. He's the son of the former leader of the Jewish people, Amram. He's the younger brother of the current leader of the Jewish people, Aharon. He grew up in the palace and was the overseer until he had to flee as a fugitive. He is the guy. After 200 plus years, he's going to take us out of slavery. And he goes in to the palace, to Pharaoh. Paro's palace with his brother Aaron, and he asks Paro to let the Jews go, and Paro doesn't just say no. He doesn't just throw Moshe and Aaron out of the palace. He tells them, you know what? Not only are they not going out, the slavery is now going to get even more brutal. I want the same quota of bricks, but I'm not giving them any straw, no raw material. They're on their own. Can't imagine anything more devastating for the Jewish people. All these years, hundreds of years, they've been waiting to be freed. Savior shows up, handpicked by God, proves his credentials, goes in, this is it, we're going to get out now. And it gets worse. Moshe cries out to God, what? What's going on? Why'd you send me? Why'd you make it worse? And God at the very end of last week's Parsha says to him, now you'll see what's going to happen. And at the beginning of this week's Parsha, God sits Moshe down, gives him a long lecture. But he's not just lecturing Moshe. 
He's lecturing us. He tells Moshe, I appeared to the patriarchs with a certain one of my names, the name of the God who makes promises. They didn't ask any questions, even though they didn't see the fulfillment of those promises. So you certainly shouldn't ask any questions because you're about to see me through a different name, the name of the God who keeps his promises. He's teaching motion, he's teaching us that sometimes things get worse before they get better. And sometimes things get worse before they get better. And sometimes things, when they're really bad, they look like they're getting better. Oh my goodness, what a relief. Finally, I'm over this, I'm past this, and then it gets worse. Not just worse, worse than it ever was before. So God's telling motion, he's telling us, and he's telling all the Jews throughout history, you're gonna have incredibly difficult times nationally difficult times, communally difficult times, family-related difficulties, individual difficulties. And sometimes you're gonna be in a dark, narrow tunnel. And then suddenly it's gonna get a little lighter and you're gonna say, this is it. I think it's finally over. And then the lights are gonna go out completely, worse than it ever was. Do not throw up your hands in despair. Don't give up. Put your hand on that wall, even if your eyes are closed, it's totally dark, you can't see. But don't give up faith, just keep going. But sometimes that last darkest twist and turn is right before, not just the light at the end of the tunnel, God at the end of the tunnel. Hang in there. Shabbos Malkitah
is the name of that one here at JM in the AM. Good selection, huh? Oh, yes. We're specializing in good selections. In fact, uh, J.A. Mora agrees. Thank you, Nachum, for playing the exact music selection I need to hear this morning. This is not the first time this has happened. It's so machaze. Good Shabbos. Thank you, J.A. Mora, commenting on the app. Appreciate that very, very much. Always great to hear comments like that from listeners jm and the am on a friday morning attention listeners who are on or have a family member on a federal subsidy program our friends at usa tablet are giving away free 10 inch tablets with free internet service you never get a bill it's being awarded through an affordable connectivity program go to usatablets.org usatablets.org and receive your free benefits anyone on any federal subsidy program will be approved Visit usatablets.org. More coming up at JM and the AM. This is the Moshav Band.
descends on Friday night, a stillness fills the air. I see a Jew who seems so distant, standing very near. He's passed this way before, he might just live next door, but somehow he's someone we've ignored. He watches as we walk to show our hearts so full of love, dressed up in our finest to thank the one above. Yet none could find a way or make time in their day to ask him if he'd like to come and pray. Shabbos and we'll all be free Just one Shabbos Come and join with me We'll sing and dance to the sky With our spirits so high We will show them all it's true Let them come and join us too Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free Just one Shabbos Come and join with me We'll sing and dance to the sky With our spirits so high said to him, hello, my friend, he seemed a bit surprised. I wished him a good Shabbos, confusion filled his eyes. I've seen you all before, I'd love to learn much more, but I've never done it all, I'm just not sure. I asked him, won't you join with us to understand and see? He came and stayed a while and thanked us happily. Next Shabbos came along. His feelings grew so strong He first began to feel that he belonged Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free Just one Shabbos, come and join with me We'll sing and dance to the sky With our spirits so high We will show them all it's true Let them come and join us too Just one Shabbos Found our treasure and he's kept it in his life Shared it with his family, his children and his wife They learn new things each day To live the Torah away The message of one job is here to stay And now I never miss a chance to stop and look around Invite some people home to share the sights and sounds Of Shabbos candlelight and Miro's Friday night and get to see Jewish soul ignite Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free Shabbos Project come and join with me We'll sing and dance to the sky with our spirits so high We will show them all is true Let them come and join us Shabbos, come and join.
JM in the AM, just one Shabbos, of course. Bensie Marcus and company here at JM in the AM. Yes, he greens, ain't Kilokano before that. Thanks for joining us on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Always a, uh, always a pleasure to speak to you here at JM in the AM. I want to thank, first of all, I want to wish a mazel tov to the Zamist family. I saw our good friend Avram Zamist yesterday told me about the brand new baby girl and his family, of course, is celebrating. So I say mazel tov from all of us here at JM and AM. Plus, I have to give a special shout out to him and his uh, wonderful colleagues at Rock and Roll Sushi and Noodle Bar located at 1448 Queen Anne Road in Teaneck, New Jersey. I've always been told their menu is delicious and yesterday I had an opportunity to uh, try it out. And I want to thank... Uh, Avram Zamist and everybody at Rock and Roll Sushi and Noodle Bar for the delicious sushi platter they sent home last night to the Seagull home. It was really something. It was really delicious. So next time you're in Teaneck, New Jersey, check them out at 1448 Queen Anne Road. Uh, really delicious stuff. And Mazel Tov. JM and AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Coming up, we've got uh, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll be joining us. Here at JM in the AM. Um, try to get a handle on some of the things that have happened over the last uh, couple of weeks. Also, I want to remind everybody about our friends at shopiclers.com. They have a two week promotion which allows you to shop, click, and relax. And I'll tell you more about that coming up here on a JM in the AM Friday era of Shabbos. Um, what do we have here? We've got uh, Michal Przanski at JMU. Oh, 
With uh, Michal Przanski, Melach is the name of that one. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com remind you they have a two-week promotion going on right now where you could shop, click, and relax. Literally free local delivery in New York and New Jersey. Free local delivery with no minimums uh, once you put your order through at ShopEichlers.com. And by the way, if you order by 2 p.m., you get it the same day. If you order by 2 p.m., you get it the same day. All the details at shopicelers.com. Their two-week promotion allows you to shop from the comfort of your own home. Click, that's the entire purchase process, and then relax as that delivery will be on its way to your home with no minimum. And again, if you order by 2 o'clock, you get it the same day. It's the free local delivery for New York and New Jersey, courtesy of shopicelers.com. All the details, all their products, all the incredible things they're offering is all on the website. Go to shopicelers.com today. Again, go to shopicelers.com. More coming up. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman, or I should say Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, and plenty more on a Friday at JM in the AM.
In the AM, it's Yisrael Batach Hashem, brand new from Shmuley Horowitz on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos here at JM and the AM. Candle lighting at 4.40 on an Erev Shabbos in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. It is Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayero with candle lighting time again, 4.40. And the um, and we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow, Rosh Chodesh Shvat. will be a one-day Rosh Chodesh on Monday. Rosh Chodesh Shvat is Monday. Keep that in mind as we... Uh, Get closer and closer to Tu Bishvat, which, of course, as I mentioned on the air earlier in the week, we discovered on the air <laughs> that it's Monday and not Sunday. So we got to figure out what we're going to be doing Tu Bishvat morning here at JM in the AM. <laughs> that was a pretty funny discovery on the air, frankly. Uh, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. A reminder that if you want thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos regarding Israel and the Jewish world, go to JewishWorldReview.com. They're a tremendous resource in many departments and categories. Check it out and enjoy. Again, it's jewishworldreview.com. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays at this time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's great to be with you. uh, To review all that has been occurring over these uh, past days. How was your journey to the Holy Land? As always, inspiring. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot of concern. Obviously, the tensions. I was there the the Saturday night of the 80,000 people rally, supposed number in Tel Aviv and the others in other places. But um, there's a lot of tension. And I was in the Knesset. I met with government officials. Um, So I think they're finding their sea legs and God willing, things will quiet down and be able to focus on the substance of the challenges. What is going to quiet down these protests? Because there have been rumors about uh, actually laws being implemented, bills being passed that would limit uh, these types of protests, especially impromptu protests, from happening. Uh, Is it going to take legislation to get this to calm down, or do you think in the next few days and weeks uh, it'll simply peter out? Well, this week the focus was obviously on Ari Derry and the court ruling against him, a 10 to 1 court ruling. And the, you know, he holds two portfolios, health and interior, plus a deputy prime minister. And they are looking at what options are for other positions that he could hold. It doesn't rule him out from being, um, uh, he has also the chairmanship of a key committee in the Knesset as part of his a negotiated deal with Netanyahu. So he could assume that chairmanship. There was even talk of making him speaker of the Knesset, none of which is ruled out by the uh, court ruling. But <clears throat> I think it would be very difficult to put him in that high profile position. It would just, I think, stoke the fires more. So 
So they, this is something they are all discussing, and they also have to find people to take those various portfolios uh, to be part of the government. Uh, health is obviously a very key uh, position, and so it's interior. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. In the meantime, um, the movement ahead on judicial reform, which many people have proposed, uh, I think part of the problem is that, that there's been so much hype and so much talk including from the ministers, and so much instant reaction and how politicized this is and how this has already become the destruction of the Supreme Court uh, as it's portrayed in, in a lot of the media and a lot of the protests. So I think that there should have been more thought to preparing the groundwork and for how this is done. But I think they wanted a strike immediately after the election so that they could take advantage of it. And, and Netanyahu says that that's the true Poll and the true basis is that people voted knowing right. what they were voting for. But the, the dairy situation is not the main reason why people are protesting, or or is it? No, no. I just said that that right. was the focus of attention this Got week. It. Right? Yeah, that's, more that's the news of the court week. ruling. So will it peter out? I mean, just getting back for a second. So will this peter out, or will will legislation be required to to stop tens of thousands of people from gathering? Um, you know, in Tel Aviv and other places against the government. I think people should have the right to gather in the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or hundreds uh, if they uh, legitimately in accordance with the law. Uh, so ruling that out and, and barring these things, I think, is not healthy because it can go both ways. You know, when they're in the opposition too, they want to have the right to be able to demonstrate. Uh, the question is, you know, do they do it uh, legally? The I think the question of waving uh, flags, uh, flags that represent terrorism or other uh, steps are debatable and and should be subject to the standards that apply in, in most countries in these things. But the truth is that there were very few standards, and I think that's you know what they they are trying to address. As I said, I think if, if I were Prime Minister Netanyahu, I would I would put a gag rule on on some people, and so don't talk so much because every time they talk, they compound the problem. And with things that haven't happened, are already becoming assumed as, as done. So the the um, protecting free speech, I think, is something everybody recognizes. I, and I don't think, uh, I think the demonization and extremism of the statements on all sides is really de deteriorating the internal relationships. And I've heard very disturbing comments from people there, which I don't dismiss about the reaction of, of people and you know, the uh, fear that the society is taking, being taken over by extremists to the right, by Haredi, by this, by that. We need to build much more dialogue. We need to, to calm things down and, um, and be able to move ahead because Israel faces real challenges through all of this time. You know, this the internal agenda has become so much the focus as opposed to some of the external things. And there were good things then. The negative seven meeting uh, in, uh, in the UAE, the, uh, Morocco announcing it's boosting military ties. So there's uh, many good things are happening, but it's getting no attention. And, you know, the focus is, is so much on the domestic uh, crises. Back to the dairy situation for a second. So it, it sounded like the court ruled that BB has no choice other than to fire him. I don't know why it's his responsibility. I mean, if, the, if it's a rule of law, I don't know why the prime minister has to actually take that action. I would assume that a court ruling would just toss him out of the government. But anyway, but based on what you just said, it sounds like that that's not the case. 
that, that he doesn't have to be fired from the government. He just can't hold some of the positions that now it is being proposed that he does hold. Is that what it is? He has to be moved to some other part of the government, so to speak? So there are several parts to this. The attorney general did say that he should be fired. But I don't, he can't fire his head of Shas. That's Shas's decision. He can't remove him from the Knesset. It's Knesset decision. Uh-huh. Um, but he can remove him. He has to remove him as a minister. That's what the ruling essentially said. And it's because he did pledge to stay out of politics for a certain amount of time as part of his plea bargains, his earlier plea bargains and can, uh, agreements. Got it. Uh, so that is the focus right now. And then the question is where he ends up, right? Which we just don't know at this moment, at this point. Well, and some some have said that he can remain a deputy prime minister, you know, be appointed as a minister in the prime minister's office. Uh, whether that gets covered or not, again, we'll, we'll launch a further debate. Right. But making him chairman of a committee of a powerful committee in Knesset. Uh, would not be covered by that. Does the U.S., aside from Thomas Friedman, does the U.S. have a position right now officially about what's going on, or have they been relatively quiet? Because this would really be an amazing opportunity, especially for, you know, okay, I'll be careful what I say here, but it it would be an opportunity for a leader here in the United States to really put pressure on BB uh, because of the perception of the direction of the new government or what it might do to Israeli society, et cetera, et cetera. Has the White House and Washington in general been pretty quiet as these protests are going on in Israel? They have, but they have expressed concern about sustaining democracy and of doing things that deny rights, especially when it came to some of the issues that impact the Palestinians. Uh, and right now, uh, Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, is it is in you know in Israel has had a series of high level meetings. Uh, Blinken is supposed to come, um, I think early February. He's going. I know he's going to China, so he may go after that or on the way back and come to Israel. And then there's talk of a Netanyahu visit to the United States. Oh wow! Maybe as early as February, mm. um, maybe a little later, uh, and. So the fundamentals of the relationship continue. They're working together. They, they, talking about Iran, talking about many other issues. And as you saw, it came out what I had alluded to several times that uh, Rob Malley, the negotiators, continue to have meetings, periodic meetings with the the Iranian um, interlocutor. Uh, I think the deal is not moving ahead because of the conditions. And you see the Europeans. And we can talk about that, obviously, are imposing sanctions, moving ahead, finding the plots and and uh, extensive plots that, that uh, just this week there were convictions in Georgia, plots to kill Israelis, as there were in Turkey before, all tied directly to the leadership of uh, the Unit 400, and which has direct ties into the government. The, the um, I mean, there are really critical issues that get shunted aside because of the attention to this. And the United States has, um, has in the past weighed in on these kind of issues also. Uh, I know the ambassador has made some comments, others have, but they recognize this is an internal decision that um, has to be dealt with in the, in terms of the laws in, in Israel. Right. And let me just tie up the judicial reform issue because, um, again, critics of Israel and specifically of Netanyahu, uh, feel that uh, if Israel would go in this direction of uh, uh, current government 
um, having a greater influence in choosing judges, etc. That's just going to turn Israel into, you know, one of these other rogue Middle Eastern countries. That's essentially the way they describe it. Is it as drastic as that? You said in your comments just a few minutes ago that plenty of other countries have gone in this direction. So is it that outrageous for the reform that Netanyahu is looking to implement? Well, first, it's not only what you do, it's how you do it. And and because it's such an open democracy that you can have uh, expressions and you don't want Israel to go in the direction of some other countries. Uh, Israel is, has a unique system because it doesn't have a constitution and the court clearly became a very activist court. And there are reactions against activist courts elsewhere right. as well. We even have some of those issues in the United States. Right. So the, you know, that's what, what I was alluding to. Right. No, I get it. But is it that, I mean, is, is it, is it that uncommon that, that Israel would go in this direction? Like, can they, can, can they go in this direction that Netanyahu is proposing and still end up being a democratic country? Like, is it inevitable that, that the system's going to break down if he makes this adjustment? I don't think that the intent here is to break down democracy. It's the way that it's being presented. It's being and because some of the statements make it sound like it could be a much more extreme revision or the it's the combination of all of the things that they are that they are saying they want to enact right away that people are saying and and because the opposition is really crippled because they have the majority and they can pass all of these legislative initiatives that they have to strike out and, and using very extreme terminology to protest and to to get their voice heard um not in the media in Israel, which obviously is, is pretty loud by itself without anybody else. So um, I, I, I don't think that Israeli democracy is is going to be undermined. I do think that, that hearing the voices of all parts of the people is part of what the democratic process should be here and there and everywhere where democracy reigns. It's that, that just because you have majority in a government doesn't mean that everything you want to do should be just done willy-nilly. Having just been there, you were there this week. It, it it must be to a degree frightening the way the media is fueling all of this. Would the protests be as loud and as large if the media wasn't, you know, really uh, endorsing this type of activity? Um, do you think that they're greatly responsible for 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 ramping things up in terms of the uh, uh, the heated situation in Israel? I think the Israeli media, because its orientation is generally very left and have had it in for Netanyahu, does contribute to it. But I think this is also more fundamental. I spoke to business leaders, others who are very thoughtful and considered people who expressed really deep concern. They told me that some companies that were planning to to move to Israel or to do set up headquarters, a headquarters in Israel, canceled those plans during the recent weeks because of the situation as they as it has been interpreted to them and that's why i think people understand that there's a broader uh, implications that this is not being done you know in a fishbowl it isn't a fishbowl that everybody can see it but it's not contained this is the whole world is seeing it and i think it has implications and you don't want to do things that dissuade people from coming you don't want to dissuade the businessmen it's clear that in the arab world so far and especially the abraham accord countries it has not had much of an impact as we see the deals and the contacts going ahead. You walked the halls of the Knesset. Did you get the feeling that it's it's a stable government and one that's you know relatively middle of the road democratic? And I mean that, of course, in you know form of government uh, term democratic. Did you get the feeling that you know 
things are a lot more stable and uh, ready to move ahead uh, compared to the way you know people are, are viewing the Israeli government at the moment? Well, you walk through the Knesset, it was quiet. People were bustling around as usual. But I do think that there is, um, and that the plates are shifting, that there's a lot of turmoil. Obviously, people, opposition and others will exploit the situation. Those who have particular agendas or uh, differences over particular issues will, will be more loudly heard. But the concern I heard was expressed even by members of the government, not the others alone, and their fear about what is the implications here, because the media here is also presents this with a certain slants in certain uh, ways. And there's genuine concern here because it's, it's uh, a secondary uh, level of knowledge and of involvement. But the, the tension is definitely there. It's no doubt in Israel. Right. You're getting me nervous. I thought it was all just an anti-BB thing. You're getting me nervous that uh, there are plenty of people who feel, you know, BB or not, the Israeli government is uh, going in a certain direction. There's some, you know, d- that danger lurks behind the corner. I would say that there is, uh, you know, that there's nobody who would guarantee, I think, today how long the government would last. But, wow. but, but the fact is that they have a majority. They have the ability to do it. I think doing it and, and you know, taking into account all the considerations. But for many years and for years, the governments uh, moved in other directions. Uh, look, BB was only out of office for a little over a year, so it's not... You know, it's if the, this is the 20 years of labor rule that they are addressing. Oh, I hear that. And on the Jake Sullivan visit, how seriously does he take Mahmoud Abbas when Abbas is complaining to him about crimes of Israel against Palestinians? Does, it, does he have a response? Does he does he take it seriously? What do you think the reaction is? Well, I, I think they, they take uh, complaints seriously. Um, and sometimes they have spoken out about certain practices, but... I haven't seen Jake making headlines or exploiting the issue. And I think that, you know, his area is in national security and security areas. Uh, Other people in the administration have spoken out periodically about it. And it's not just uh, Mahmoud Abbas. If we look what King Abdullah uh, of Jordan's very uh, strong statements and boycotting the meeting of of the N7, saying, well, when they come to Palestinians, but uh, focusing even more about uh, Jordan's position as guardian of the holy places in Jerusalem and gotten other governments to, to endorse that position. And he has been making, um, he, he wants to oppose to give Saudi Arabia a foothold there and even Morocco and think that the, the um, insistence on a two-state solution and uh, rejecting any attempts, you know, they, they're still very sensitive to the Jordan's Palestine arguments of of uh, previous times, but his um, his behavior has been very uh, disappointing yeah. and strange, and he has a lot of, of course, internal disruption. Though so it's not just uh, the PA; it's it's he and others who will still rally. You get the vote in the UN, as we saw again this week and in the past weeks. Uh, the automatic majorities are still there against Israel. Unbelievable. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Round the world of web at NalcolmSegal.com and the NalcolmSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Zelensky's not serious when he asks if Putin's alive, right? He knows he's alive. 
it might be wishful thinking, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, does he do that simply to demonstrate that, Hey, you know, look how Putin's been hiding and, you know, can't show his face, et cetera. Like that, I assume that's his point, right? And also, you know, you sow doubts and you, he, he, um, there were reports that Putin had cancer earlier this year and, and, right. um, you know, the, the pictures depicting him as a more swollen face saying he's on steroids. There are all sorts of things, but I, I would not, uh, say that there's been any evidence or indication that um, he's either been removed or he has died or uh, that he's uh, particularly sick right now. One of the uh, meetings with Israeli and U.S. officials this week was about the regional impact of Russia's military alliance with Iran. Is this any different than it was? Is it only much more of a concern now because of this divide that's happening between uh, so many countries who are taking, you know, Russia's side and others that are taking the Ukrainian side? Is this uh, is this military alliance with Iran any different than what we've been hearing over the last couple of years? Yes, I think it's the qualitatively different, and uh, you know, it has implications for what's happening in Syria, where Russia may be withdrawing more. We see Iran investing more, uh, both of them ganging up against uh, Turkey. Uh, Turkey also expanding its relationship uh, with Russia very broadly, and it's been a lifesaver for Turkey because they've gotten investments of, I don't know, $28 billion in oligarchs' money and trade and, and many other things. But with Iran in particular, it is a game changer. Number one, it's it's a lifeline for Iran, which has been isolated. They're making a lot of money off the export of Iran, of Russian oil through Iran and of goods because they can't transfer other ways and uh, are being sold uh, uh, through uh, Iranians. And second, or transferred from Iran through Iran to other to third countries. Uh, and the uh, advancement of their drone industry and if, in fact, they get the, the sale of, of the jets goes through, of uh, fighter jets, that's a big game changer because Iran's air force was completely depleted. It's very – they can't get spare parts. That's why they developed so much the drones um, and, uh, and other things that they developed, the little submarines they built. But uh, they, their, air, their air force is, is antiquated. And so getting these new jets from um, Russia would be a, a difference. And it's obviously when when both countries have economic uh, stress, and Iran was certainly uh, with the additional sanctions and more sanctions likely coming, and the naming of more people, especially with the Europeans, uh, the French, British, uh, others imposing uh, sanctions after the human rights things, yeah, the the executions, the blatant executions, and uh, many other things. Uh, for, for uh, diminishing both the fervor for the JCPOA, but also uh, additional economic sanctions. And hopefully there'll be many more. And the United States has also imposed more. So in both, in all of these regards, the expansion of their relationship is important. What do you think of the Medvedev comment that uh, to NATO, that if, they, uh, if Russia loses this war, beware because they'll start a nuclear war? I think that the move to a nuclear war would be very uh, exaggerated step if he if he would take it. It, it. it will carry with it tremendous repercussions, and I think nobody wants to be the first to, to actually use it. Maybe if some people say, well, they'll use tactical weapons, it won't be. You know, but I, I don't know in this circumstance whether nuclear weapons are really uh, the answer. We see that uh, Israel just sold or provided Ukraine with uh, uh, warning systems for um, incoming uh, drones and missiles. 
other countries are selling them more and more military equipment. Um, Russia is engaging in call-ups, even though I think that the that the corpus of people from whom we can draw is more and more limited, and a lot of the young people left the country or won't serve and don't serve, and the economic conditions there obviously are are uh, worsening for for everyone. Um, so, uh, the, um, I, I, you know, an act of desperation could come anytime. You know, we see with Iran that the more Iran's internal situation deteriorates, the more they engage in aggressive regional actions or foreign actions. And and seeing it in, in as I point out many times about South America and about Africa, about everywhere. And I was recently in some countries and, and they were expressing their real concern again about Iranian expansionism, even when they have no money to feed their people, but they, they turn to these in order to redirect the attention of the people and talk about, you know, their... Uh, foreign successes, uh, so to speak. It's so funny. We're, we're, we're so concerned about the Russia-Iran alliance against what, you know, looks like, you know, a NATO, I don't know, U.S., Britain, and other country alliance. Like, it, you know, it looks like, you know, it's shaping up to, you know, in the way that world war shaped up. And at the same time, as the entire world is being, I don't know if we want to say distracted or diverted to that, what you just described is going on where Iran is having all this influence in other countries from you know thousands of miles away from where they are. I'm wondering if we're being duped that if they go as they go ahead and continue, you know, this public alliance and relationship with Russia in you know in that what I guess we can call regional war. I wonder if we're being duped because nobody's paying attention to what's happening globally out of Iran. Well, that has been true all along, and I don't think it's, you know, and it's not the government so much. The governments in most of those countries hate the Iranian intervention, except where they bring money and they bribe people and they uh, establish themselves. But it's a cancer that once it's in the country, then it grows and, uh, it, you know, like the Chinese go in and they offer very good deals and they, they get them beholden to them on loans. And then all of a sudden they start calling loans and they can't pay it, so they get more and more for it. Uh, you know that this is um, today the way the world is, is, appears to be uh, to be working. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the Iranians, it doesn't take that much money to to do the things they're doing in those countries, and especially when you're not feeding your people and you have unemployment in half the country and the the internal uh, situation. And that's why you see the more and more extreme measures being taken within the country. But Rest assured, the demonstrations are continuing. The the uh, there's no diminution in the spirit, especially of the young people, in opposing the regime. The regime is just cracking down more. They arrested people. You saw the public executions and many more in line to be who have been sentenced to death. I mean, it's horrendous. A and, former and, uh, a former defense official was executed this week. That's right, and it was an official. And I mean, it, it's just uh, incredible to see. Uh, but but the, the Israel has long said that the West has to take a more a stronger stand against Iran because of what what they're doing with Russia that you pointed out is one uh, part of it and the military aid that Russia provides that Iran provides to Russia uh, and the um, even the hundreds of um, Shahid one thirty sixty unmanned uh, UAVs that um, it makes Iran a party to the war too so. Um, 
you know, the very fact that we would in any way continue to discuss and have negotiations with Iran at this time and, and hold out any hope that they would be able to get back to the JCPOA is would be a tragic mistake. And what only language clearly that Russia, that Iran understands is the, the toughest of sanctions, cracking them down, isolating them. They throw them off the Women's Committee at the UN. They should be throwing them out of the UN. They should be isolating them in every way as they engage in these massive human rights problems at home, undermining governments abroad. I mean, it, it is uh, it is just really uh, beyond the Russian and Ukrainian situation, and that just should be even more convincing when they're investing all of this money, all this effort from NATO countries, et cetera, against uh, Russia and Ukraine, and, and here comes Iran giving them a lifeline. Someone's got to tell this to the people in Washington, because I think they still believe that the JCPOA could exist. Um, there are some, there are some, right, who still believe in it. But I would hope that every rational mind would come to the conclusion that anything that benefits the government of Iran at this time would be a huge mistake, and we will pay the price for it. There are anti-American moves. These are against the interests of the West, against the human rights concerns, democracy concerns, everything that everybody supposedly advocates are being undermined by by supporting Iran, this Iran regime. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Harvard Kennedy School reinstating the fellowship application of Kenneth Roth? Well, for all those who complain about the influence of money and who claim that the Jewish money, there's the answer, that it's the anti-Israel money and, and, and influence, and it's it's horrendous. Ken Roth's record is very clear. He's been anti-Israel for decades, and giving him a fellowship, I don't know what it entitles him to do, but certainly the symbolism and the message and the fact that they caved after making a decision and reversing it is, is symptomatic of what we're seeing on the campuses. So one second, got to be clear uh, with this. Uh, in other words, 10, 20 years ago, you don't think this would have happened. 10, 20 years ago, there was enough influence, enough protest, enough, uh, uh, enough of our community being taken seriously by an institution like Harvard and other colleges where they, where they likely would have uh, not have reinstated um, uh, someone like him. Is that what you're saying? And today the atmosphere is very different? I think that it, I was saying that 10 or 20 years ago, he was engaged in anti-Israel activities. There's years at Human uh, Rights Watch and then at all his activities. He was known for for decades for his, his hostility. So they can't say they didn't know who right. they were appointing. And uh, I would hope that uh, years ago that that would not have been the case. And I think the, you know, the, we see the diminution in numbers of Jewish students, that the quotas that are being applied uh, against Jews and others in the in the woke culture, which affects Harvard and significantly dropped the percentage of Jewish students. We see it in the atmosphere on campus there and across the country. Uh, the number of such a very disturbing reports continues to, to mount. And whether it's in, in New York or around the country, it, it's true. So, yeah, I believe that this would have uh, perhaps been a reason to have kept him out uh, from being, being honored in this way. So there's more famous position, and also that there's commencement speakers who get, uh, you know, get lauded, and others who have long records of hostility. Is there still financial support from the Jewish community for a place like Harvard? Of course. Just look at the, the names of new buildings and things like just, that. Just, yeah, just nothing like it was, or 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 the or the other side has gotten. I, I haven't seen any quantification of it, so I can't tell. Yeah, I don't but. mean quantification. I mean, why don't we hear voices? Why don't we hear some of these philanthropists, you know, standing up and you know and protest? Well, I do think some did and did make their voice heard, and that's why I think they 
decided not to give him the uh, thing after they investigated the the uh, record of his his views, and I'm sure that some people you know raised their voices, alumni and others. Um, but then the counter voices were heard, right. and clearly it's it's um, I don't know if it was an out and out battle or uh, so, uh, supporters of our positions uh, don't make their voices heard, right. uh, don't take this seriously enough, and he, it's just the presence of this guy on campus is is, uh, is a negative. Years ago they didn't cave into the counter voices. Today they do. That might be. That might be the headline, frankly. <laughs> it's just a different atmosphere out there. Finally, wh- what do we know about this video about an Israeli missing since 2014, and now apparently the enemy has a video proving he's alive or, or proving that uh, – Do we? what do we know about this? So this is the Mengisto case. This is a, a young um, uh, Ethiopian who – has um, mental challenges, and he wandered across the border. It's nothing new. We have been protesting for him, along with the return of Hadar Gold and, and you know the the bodies of the soldiers and the uh, and another young man who went missing with him. Uh, I think a Druze, uh, a Druze or a Bedouin, and uh, we have always included them in our in importunings for our foreign governments to to help return them. Hamas has been holding them as hostage. All of these years, it's it's a tragic situation, and the um, you know now they're playing it up as if it's something new, or they just discovered him. But it's because Hamas put out a, a video, essentially threatening or, or raising it um, as a threat. And I think you know, and, and, and then there were charges that because he's black, the Israelis didn't make as much of a case. That is not true. I can tell you personally that the envoys who came always included him in this, and we appealed to black leaders and others to help uh, try to secure his release. Uh, you know, to him, uh, to um, raise the case with Hamas. I'm going to see Erdogan and many other leaders who had ties with Hamas to get them to. Uh, intervene on on behalf of the the hostages. It's it's inhumane. Then there was pressure at times to keep the bodies of, of Palestinians terrorists uh, who were killed in actions. And and um, but Israel, you know, doesn't do it. It, 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 um, it eventually returns the the bodies. Yeah. Uh, I think they are still holding some now. I know Benny Gantz did for a little while, but. This is it's a tragedy, and the fact that the Hamas is allowed to get away with it while all this money is pouring in from Qatar, from Turkey, from other places, you know, we should be able to exercise enough pressure for them. But they want to trade for a huge number. They want another deal like the Shalit deal, which is not going to happen. Right. Well, Malcolm, after our conversations, I uh, generally uh, fear some government around the world. I didn't think I'd be worried about the Israeli government, but. Uh... I guess we got to be uh, we got to be hopeful that things will be straightened out and that uh, things will become more and more stable and all of us will be able to live together in peace and harmony. And we cannot allow people to sow divisions between Israel and diaspora communities within the communities. Yep. People have a right to, ex- to express themselves, but people be careful with your words because our enemies are using the comments of some uh, Jews and Israelis against Israel. And you're going to hear it at the UN. You're going to hear it, and they're not going to say it's this is not us saying it. Look, these are Israelis. These are the opposition leaders. These are others. Yep. Everybody should be careful, including the ministers and the government, about what they say and how they say it. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Honline. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Have a great Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Lots to think about.
This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, or reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. That, frankly, is an understatement. <laughs> I think, I think it's safe to say that that's an understatement. Uh, attention listeners who are on or have a family member on a federal subsidy program, our friends at USA Tablet are giving away free 10-inch tablets with free internet service. You never get a bill. It's being awarded through an affordable connectivity program. Go to usatablets.org, usatablets.org, and receive your free benefits. Anyone on any federal subsidy program will be approved. Again, go now to USA tablets.org for all the information this time each and every friday every arab shabbos with great pleasure we present rabbi benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus congregation shomri torah in fairlawn new jersey to address the entire listening audience concerning the torah portion of the week good morning rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vaera. Whoa. What do we have in Parshas Vaera? We have the first seven of the ten makos that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings upon the Egyptians. From the get-go, let's get it very clear, and we'll see this again a little bit later on. The whole idea as to why. Why does Hashem bring the uh, Makos upon the Egyptians? So the first reason is, well, because Hashem told this exactly to Avram Avinu. If you go back to Bereshis, chapter 15, verse 13, God says to Avram at the Brisbane Absorim, Yodoa Teidat. You shall know with absolute certainty this is going to happen. That your offspring, that your descendants are going to be one, strangers in a land which is not theirs. They're going to be enslaved. And finally, they're going to be oppressed physically. Okay? Now, and afterwards, afterwards, they will leave with great wealth, which we know every aspect of God's prophecy came true. And then, God continues and says to Avram, also the nation that does this to the Jewish people, I will judge, and Rashi tells you on the spot, with ten plagues. So the first of these seven, first of the ten plagues, the first seven, appear in Parshas Vaera. But I'd like to focus and show that there is, as we can see from the very beginning of the Parsha, a transition going on. Let's take a look at the opening psukim. By Daber Elokim El Moshe, Hashem speaks to Moshe, 
Vayomer Eilav, and he says to him, Ani Hashem, I am God. Wait a second. This seems to be exceedingly repetitive, having two names of God, and that is the point that we have to focus on. Vaytaber Elohim. Elohim is the name of God which denotes Teva, which denotes Din, justice. Hashem put a specific order in the world. There's a sunrise, there's a sunset. There is a natural order to the world which goes with Elohim, which is the Midas Hadin, that of strict justice. Vayomer love, and Hashem says to him, Whoa, just know, Moshe, that in addition to my being Elohim, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem God, which denotes the Midas Rachamim, which denotes the Midas of kindness, mercy. Now, what we have here is a transition from Elohim to Ani Hashem. How so? Let's go to the next puzzle. God says, and I'll translate, and I appeared Vaira to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov with what name? With the name of Kael Shakai, with the name of God who is, as the Ramban explains, Shakai Sheomar Leolamo Dai. What does that mean? Sheomar Leolamo Dai. I am the one, says Hashem, who have put boundaries into this world. You look at the ocean, and it flows for 3,000 miles, and then it comes to a stop. And as the waves keep coming in, the water stops at a certain point. It does not continue. Why is that? If, God forbid, it would continue 100 yards or a little bit more, it would, come on, wash away the buildings. People couldn't live there. And the answer is, die. Sha'omar, who said, die, that the waters will stop here, and the waters stop there. Die is, there is boundaries. So I appear to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, says Hashem, with the name of Kel Shakai, where there is din and boundaries in this world, but Ushmi Hashem, my identity as Hashem, which is the God who breaks through boundaries, lo nodati lehem. This I did not make known to them. This I did not show them. And basically, what is being told to us in these first two psukim is that there is going to be, on behalf of the Jewish people, a breaking of the rules of nature, which are enveloped, encapsulated within Elohim, and the breaking out is going to be with the characteristic of Ani Hashem, which reminds me of the very powerful Beis HaLevi, who says on the Pasuk, in Parshas Vayigash, that Hashem said to Yaakov, Onochi Eireid Imchom Mitzrayma, I'm going down with you in Egypt. Vionochi Aalcha, and I will rise up with you, or Vionochi Aalcha, I will be elevated, Gam Olo, and on this 
the the Nitziv says so powerfully that Hashem gave a haftocha, a promise to Yaakov. Now listen carefully, everybody, because this is the introduction to the Makos. This is the introduction to Parshas Vaera. The Nitziv says that Hashem promised Yaakov, I will only break the rules of nature. I will only go beyond the natural law on behalf of saving the Jewish people. And that's, pinch yourself, exactly what's happening in this week's parsha. In order to, and here we go, the two aspects of the makos is, on the one hand, punitive for Mitzrayim, punishment for them, as God said to Avram, on the one hand, it's punitive, but on the other hand, it's educational for Yisrael. It shows Hashem's love for Klai Yisrael, that He's willing to bring water for Israel and dam for Mitzrayim, that the frogs will disturb only the Egyptians. And so it is with each of the plagues, Hashem showing His love for the Klau Yisrael. With this understanding, I'd like to remind all of us of a passage in the Haggadah Pesach, which at first glance, like, what's going on here? Now watch. After we enumerate the ten makos that Hashem brought upon the Egyptians, we then go on to say that there were additional makos to these ten. That Rabbi Yossi says there were ten in Mitzrayim, but Al-Hayam there was fifty makos. Now, let's go on. Rabbi Eliezer taught how do I know that each Makkah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought upon the Egyptians was had within it four Makos? It consisted, each one consisted of four plagues, and he cites the verse from Tilim 78, 49. Take a look. And the question is, how do we understand the verse? Yeshalach Bum Charon Apo, Evra, Zam, Tzora, which translates as he sent upon his fierce anger, wrath, fury, trouble, and a team of hostile angels. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, each plague had four additional components to it, four plagues. And Rabbi Kiva says, I'll top you, and he quotes that same pasuk, Tilim 78-49, and he begins with understanding the words that Yishalach bam charon apo, charon apo, meaning that that is not as a result of his fierce anger, but he sent fierce anger. So according to Rabbi Akiva, he counts five plagues within each plague. Now what might be the significance and difference of opinion between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva? And the answer might be as found in the commentary of the Haggadah Pesach, entitled Yad Mitzrayim, and there's a Perush Yad Chazoka 
of Rabbi Yitzchak Isaac Chover, who says very sharply as follows, that Rabbi Eliezer says that each Mako had four Arba Makos. Each one had four. Why? Because there are four letters to the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, that the Makos were primarily mercy, primarily to save Klai Yisrael, primarily for the benefit of the Jewish people. And therefore, as Hashem's name of mercy is consistent of four letters, so too the Makos had four Makos within each one. Rabbi Akiva says, no, my friend, it's not the name of Hashem, of Yudke Vavke, that is paramount in the Makos, but rather it's the name of Elohim, of Din, that God was showing His might and power and breaking through and bringing a polar bear into Egypt. The, the climate of Egypt does not tolerate the Orov, the wild animals that we had. So according to Chazal, Hashem didn't only bring the polar bear, but He had to bring within Egypt the environment of Antarctica, the environment of the extreme cold, in order that the polar bear should feel comfortable in the environment. He had to bring the forest for the regular bear. Incredible what's going on here. And all this is done for the purpose of punishing the Hashem is breaking through the laws of nature for the purpose of Dan Mitzrayim, the purpose of bringing din upon the Egyptians. And as a result, the Bnei Yisrael were saved. So the question is, is the, are the ten makos a focus on Midas HaRachamim or a focus on the Midas HaDin? Now, I don't have to tell you, there's no question about it. When Hashem created the world, what do we find? Horatius Baruch Elohim, the very first uh, verse of the Torah and what pronoun, what name of Hashem is used in that very first verse the name of Elohim and Rashi says that Hashem wanted to create this world only with the name of Elohim but Ra'ah, Hashem saw that the world could not exist with only Din so what does Hashem do in the beginning of chapter 2, Hashem Hashem brings the Mida of Rachamin and Shitfa. He made a Shutfas. Hashem He added to the Midas Hadin, the Midas Rachamin. And therefore, just as Hashem employs both Midos, Shema Yisrael Hashem, which is the Mida of Rachamim, Elokeinu, which is the Mida of Din, Hashem Echad. Both, when the Hashem does both, it is all Hashem Echad. It is all Hashem's kindness, all Hashem's goodness. We don't always see it that way, but that's what we are affirming each and every time that we recite the Shema. The important lesson that emerges from Parshas for Eira is Hashem is the master of combining Midas Hadin 
and midas harachamim. Very quickly, your child gets their license. Two weeks later, they come and say, Abba, Ima, please, can I have the keys for the at night, first time? So they look at each other, the parents, and they say, be home by 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock comes, the child is not home. 10.20, the child comes in. Okay, plan A. Parent says, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time I told you to get home? You cannot have the car. There goes. Midas Adin. After all, 10 o'clock is 10 o'clock. Child wasn't home. Plan B. Child walks in. The parent gives the child a hug and says, oh, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so glad you're okay. Next time, please call if you're not going to be home on time. Very simple. That's called Midas Horachamim. I can't tell you always which one to use, but I can only tell you that there are 13 Midas Horachamim. The idea is that we have to basically learn how to integrate the two, how to have both din within our lives. There have to be certain rules. There have to be certain standards. There certainly certain lines. We certainly cannot be crossed. But at the same time, we have to have this element of rachamim in the din. That's what it is. When we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem Kavayochol changes from his kisei of din to the kisei of rachamim. We have to be v'halachto bidrachov. And therefore, in our personal lives as well, we have to have this combination of chesed and din. Okay? And that is, whether it's in the workplace, that the employer sets rules and expects productivity from his employees. This is din, but he must also show kindness and appreciation to his employees, giving them encouragement and support. This is chesed. And what's true in the area of the workplace is true in friendship. We have to involve chesed and din. We have to be loving, kind, and generous. But sometimes we have to say no to a friend who needs to know some limits. And so it is in marriage as well. If you take a look at the Ovos, clearly Avram was Chesed and Sarah was Din. Yitzchak was Din and Rivka was Chesed. And we, you, each one, have to work towards implementing within the marriage the Chesed of marriage requires being gentle, loving towards one's spouse, and interpreting their behavior as stemming from good intentions, but din is also a necessary aspect of marriage. Each spouse has halakhic responsibilities, including financial as well as domestic obligations. It's a parsha whereby we see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is providing both chesed and din and we as following the 611th mitzvah of Allah we too have to do the same in this most difficult challenge Shabbat Shalom to all
We're signing out of all the wheeling dealing. We're zooming in and getting close to the creator of it all. To the moment that brings us separation. Ben Koidesh Let's turn around and seek the inner meaning that can be found when we step out of our day to day routine. It's a moment our souls find elevation while quitting it. We let out a sigh and we tell her goodbye and escort upon her way. It's just six more days till we say. J.M. and the A.M., there you go. Baruch Hashem, it's Shabbos. That's from the the one and only Yaakov Shweki here at J.M. and the A.M. What do we got here? A couple of minutes to go, right? Uh, Candle lighting at 440 on this Erev Shabbos in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Va'era. We've got our uh, Rosh Chodesh Shvat coming up. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh Shvat tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Shvat will be Monday. Sunday night, Monday will be Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Um, yeah. Sunday night, Monday will be Rosh Chodesh Shvat. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. And this one is from the brand new album by Yair Rosenberg here at JM in the AM.
Sham in the AM with Yair Rosenberg. Nice, huh? Brand new album entitled Az Yashir here at JM in the AM. Time to take a Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. Good job. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com, and then AlchemSegal Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing day and an amazing week for us here at JMN. My thanks again to Mayor Fertig and Avrami for sitting in for me during the week. Great to be able to uh, broadcast um, the last few days, and I appreciate everybody tuning in from around the world. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. If you don't receive our daily thread and or our weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami. He'll take good care of you. AF at NahumSegal.com, AF at NahumSegal.com. 10 o'clock from Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Make sure to check it out. It's coming up just one hour from now here on NSN. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Until Monday, Nahum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. Thank you.